With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. An on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out on this Thursday morning in the Caldwell Banker Group 1 Realty Studio in West Monroe. It feels like a Friday. It does feel like a Friday. Uh, Chris Blair, he always joins us on Thursday for his weekly visit. May not feel like a Friday to him. He had a late night down in New Orleans. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Thanks for getting up with us this morning, Chris. How you doing, bud? Doing well, doing well. Tough night on the road last night for LSU, but... Uh... They'll stay on the road. Now they'll turn around and fly today and head to South Carolina for a very important SEC series. It was a tough one last night. Tigers gave it a valiant effort, got down early, had a lead early, then got down big and battled back and then just kind of unraveled there in the bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, before we get to that game, i got a couple questions just about that crowd. I understand a huge crowd down there. Uh, from your perspective, what do you think the makeup was in terms of LSU versus Tulane fans in the crowd? I don't know, guys. Having a little hard time hearing you today. I didn't hear. I didn't quite catch that one. Uh, the, the crowd there down in New Orleans. You think it was uh, 50-50 LSU Tulane, or was it majority Green Wave fans? Oh yeah. Once again, it was uh, you know pretty good, pretty good representation for LSU fans. I mean, there were several that made the trip down from Baton Rouge and other points across the state. But you know, it's uh, also a chance for Tiger fans who are busy during the week uh, in New Orleans to come out. So. It was a good crowd, as expected. You know, Tulane, uh, probably their biggest crowd of the year, as it is every time the Tigers come down there. So, um, you know, it was uh, not necessarily a daunting road environment for LSU. But, um, you know, oddly enough, it was the sixth time this year the Tigers have played on artificial turf. And, and uh, now they are 1-5 and five on the fake stuff. Uh, positives from this game, I guess the fact that uh, the Tigers put up nine runs and they rallied to go ahead in this ball game. And uh, Jake Slaughter continues to uh, rip the cover off the ball. He had two hits last night, including a triple coming off a big weekend. Are those some of the positives you take away from this game? Yeah, it was good to see Jake continue uh, where he left off this weekend, really starting to get in the groove at the plate. And, you know, Zach Watson, who was 0 for 4, um, you know, it's hard to keep a good man down, and he was able to deliver a tying run with an RBI there in the top of the ninth inning. It was a huge hit. Um, so you like the offense, another double-digit night of, of, of hits. Um, and it looked like they were right where they wanted to be, you know, a couple of rough innings there and uh, just able to keep on fighting. And it just looked like they had taken the momentum in the top of the ninth inning, building the two-run lead. But, you know, a bullpen that had been really outstanding all season long just had one of those hiccups last night. Couldn't find out, couldn't throw strikes. And you don't often see a, a walk for a walk-off, but that's indeed what happened. Uh, i got one more baseball question before we switch over to the spring game. Uh, does last night end these, this whole rally bees for LSU? 
You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I heard some people discuss it as we were leaving the stadium last night that, you know, the, the rally bees helped out there when they were down 7-3, to three, but I guess ultimately the, the spell may have been broken simply because uh, you didn't get the ball game, didn't get the victory. But, you know, again, you had a couple of key injuries, and it sounds like a broken record. I mean, it just seems like uh, when you start to get somebody back, then somebody else goes down. Uh, I thought Nick Coombs did a good job behind the plate catching. Of course, he was spectacular at the plate last night. Career high, four for five. Also had two doubles at the career high. Uh, but you're without Hunter Fiducia. That changes, you know, a little bit of the chemistry there. Uh, you're without Caleb Gilbert. Not sure how much Caleb would have pitched because they certainly wanted to save as many arms as possible for the all-important SEC series on the road against South Carolina. Um, but they were really hoping to get a little more out of A.J. Labus, the starter last night. Um, and then just outside of Cam Sanders, who I thought, you know, pitched two scoreless innings, uh, the bullpen just, just wasn't on for whatever reason. So um, they had to use probably more arms than they wanted to. Luckily, they were able to piece it together. Should have most everybody ready to go for this weekend. But, uh, you know, maybe they can take some of the honeybees over to uh, South Carolina because they certainly desperately need uh, to win that series. would be great if they were able to sweep, add more three, three more wins in the column to stay right where they are uh, in the SEC West. Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Uh, Chris, you mentioned getting ready to hop on a plane to go over to Columbia, South Carolina. You look at this series against the Gamecocks, and I know you've probably done a little bit of prep work for this matchup. Anything about South Carolina that really stands out to you? Well, you know, they're in a first-year head coach of Mark Kingston and, um, you know, currently 6-9 and nine in SEC play. And, you know, if you look back over the years, uh, since Founders Park was open, uh, very similar timelines between the new Alec Box and Founders Park over in Columbia. Uh, but LSU has found a lot of success. In fact, I think three series uh, they have played over there against South Carolina since the new ballpark opened. And, you know, there have been very significant wins. It's been uh, the home for uh, LSU to clinch a couple of SEC titles, uh, including uh, back in 2015. Uh, so they've had success there. Um, you know, I don't know that it's going to be, a, again, a daunting road environment simply because of the, the Gamecock struggles this year. Um, but, again, it's an SEC matchup. Um, and I think South Carolina, you know, their mantra all season long with the first-year head coach is just to get better each and every day uh, so that they can build towards where they ultimately want to be. Uh, so it's not like it's a team that maybe has had a coach for a couple of years and struggling. Uh, they've kind of accepted it, you know, reading some of the media reports over in Columbia uh, and actually talking to my parents who live in South Carolina. It, it's more of, uh, you know, this year uh, everything is, is, is just gravy. You know, they're just trying to put together the foundation for that program, who, of course, uh, you know, has won two national titles. The only national title is outside of women's basketball that that university has celebrated. So uh, I think they have kind of a devil-may-care attitude when it's for LSU. Uh, it's extremely important, and there's really a small margin for error. Chris, you'll be working that series, of course, in South Carolina versus LSU, so you will miss the spring game uh, this weekend. But I know you've made several trips over there to watch practice. Uh, anything stand out to you so far this year with LSU in spring? Well, as advertised, I like the fact that you know it's nice to see a, a lot of talented people on the offensive and defensive front, and Already in spring football, you're seeing a few battles, uh, you know, headed into to, to the summer and obviously fall camp uh, for those starting positions and those one and two spots. 
on the depth chart. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a totally different mindset from a year ago. So, uh, you know, as promised, Coach O said they had to go out and solidify the front for both offense and defense. Uh, and when you look at those guys, what they've done in the weight room and preparation and conditioning, uh, you know, they, they look mighty stout on both ends, on both sides of the ball. So that's the good sign. Secondly, uh, I like the battle at, at wide receiver. And I'm interested to see uh, on Saturday when all said and done, you know, how much of, of the offense that, that we'll see from a passing standpoint and, and the guys that will stand out and, and make some plays, some of the newcomers as well as some of the guys who are returning that maybe had secondary and, and third roles uh, a year ago. And, of course, I think everybody's interested to see how the quarterbacks look. Uh, that's typically what everybody's interested in year in and year out. But I think particularly for 2018 in this football squad, with Steve Insminger now taking over as offensive coordinator, uh, I think people are looking to see how many steps forward uh, that all three really have taken, uh, especially Miles Brennan and, and Lowell Narcisse. So I think there are several places um, on the field, and not to mention defensively, uh, if you see some of that passing game come out, uh, what does it look like in the defensive secondary where they took uh, you know a lot of hits due to leaving early for the NFL and graduation? So I, I think there's plenty to go and look, as opposed to maybe spring games in the past where there was a singular – uh, you know, position group that, that, that had question marks. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that fans are looking forward to. I know I am. I mean, it starts in all of those categories I just mentioned. All right, Chris, I want to get some predictions from you. As far as players go, who do you think LSU fans will be talking about after the spring game concludes? I think, uh, you know, the reports out of, out of spring practice have been that he really has stepped up uh, as a receiver and a go-to receiver and a playmaking receiver. Uh, and, of course, you know, he's got some, some good lineage and there's, uh, you know, fans who certainly remember the Jefferson name. So uh, to have another one, he's going to be a beloved figure. Uh, if he goes out and performs and, and, and can contribute to this team, I think fans are going to be excited to have a, a playmaking receiver. So that's one that I think people, um, I think, will be pleasantly surprised to see the steps that he has taken uh, since last season. I think, uh, you know, outside of that, I think you're going to look at, I mean, I think Devin White. I mean, they talk about him all the time, but I think they'll continue to talk about him uh, just because all indications are, uh, we used to say last season, guys, that, you know, how much, how, what is his ceiling? I guess I asked Coach O and Coach Aranda a number of times, how high is, is Devin White's ceiling? And, and every time, without any hesitation, they said they, he's still got a lot of, a lot of room to grow. And um, again, he's just been dominant. Uh, so I think there's another one that people can't wait to see because he may be, if not the, one of the best linebackers in the SEC, a conference full of great linebackers, uh, and I think arguably one of the best in the country. Chris, as always, we appreciate the time. Safe travels there to Columbia, South Carolina. Thanks, bud. All righty, man. Thank you, as always, for having me on. and. Uh, hope everybody up in North Louisiana is doing well, and hopefully we can head to the Palmetto State pick up some victories for the Tigers. We will be listening this weekend. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers, joining us for his uh, weekly visit. A couple things. First of all, I almost feel like Ensminger, especially with this spring game, is literally in a no-win situation because, first of all, you go so vanilla. And second of all, when you look at LSU's defense and uh, the guys and the playmakers that they have returning, they're so far, they should be so far ahead of what LSU is doing offensively. And the defense is always ahead of the offense. Yeah, and I know. 
you've had uh, your two starting tackles miss most of the spring. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those deals. But we'll come in Monday, I'm sure, and break no, it and down. We're gonna look and, and, and we're going to look, and it's going to be uh, – yeah, we should do that tomorrow. Miles Brennan, we'll look into the crystal ball, his stats for the spring game in Loyal Nurses. All right, we can do that. Yeah, but seven for 16. <laughs> <laughs> one touchdown, I, I one just, pick. Again, I like to look at – some of the guys that we haven't been talking about and see who's going to kind of emerge. You do continue to hear a lot about Jefferson. And Justin Jefferson and see who's going to contribute next year. And maybe not even as a starter, but be able to come off the bench and, and really wreak havoc. Let's take a timeout. Continuing to weigh in on top 10 Thursdays, best rivalries in the NBA, postseason NBA. we got a number to get to of text. And, of course, uh, we got five through one coming up. And then at the bottom of the hour, Mitch Thomas from West Washington will join us. We look forward to a huge grudge game on the diamond. Huge. I say grudge game. It's kind of a new rivalry. Well, listen, the way that West Washington rallied to beat Sterlington the last time they met this year, I'm sure Sterlington's going to try to get that one back. Uh, two of the hottest teams in the country ready to square off on the country. diamond. Country. Oh, in the, in the state. <laughs> a little exagger- exaggeration hyperbole here. You <laughs> embellished a bit. Yes, the morning drive is back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Local Sports Talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. All right, got a number of uh, texts here. L- let's start with the baseball one here from uh, David. And, yeah, uh, Neville has moved up to number 16 in the power rankings with a victory over number one, Tioga. Failed to mention that, Jake. Shame on you. Uh, shame on you, brother. Uh, Neville defeated Tioga at 9-3 to last night. Big win for the Neville Tigers. I like Sam throwing shade Jake's way. He says, I think he, referencing Jake, was like five when Spreewell choked PJ. Uh, maybe like eight. <laughs> and by the way, for listeners out there, I got a nice text yesterday from Jake. I know a lot of people were concerned about his wife's ring. 
Uh, Jake uh, had the ring cleaned yesterday. Yeah, yeah. This is this is baffling. This is every cr- May and October. Listen, this is crazy. Y- you're foolish not to, because if you keep doing the checks, like you you keep getting it inspected or whatever, uh-huh. if you're missing a dime or anything, they will replace it for free. Oh. This is a money thing, Aaron. This isn't a, oh, I want to be nice to my wife thing, which I try to make it seem not like. easy now. You're going down a bad path there. <laughs> You're going to dig yourself a hole. Uh, the ring cleaner is at it again. Ringo. So May and October? Is May that, and October. And you got like a reminder in your phone or something? No, How's she, this she remembers, thankfully. And I thought you just used that excuse for uh, ways to get yourself out of things like giving out candy to the kids. Well, listen, it's October. We'll wait so you wait until October 31st. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say I planned that, but it was really, hey, this is our last day to do it. We got to go. Oh, okay. Uh, Jay, in terms of rivalries, I don't know how this is connected to the association, but he says McGruff the crime dog versus Smokey the bear. Mm. An all-timer. Yeah. That, did we cover all of uh, them? No, there, was, a, so there was another one uh, throwing shade at you, and I'm trying to find it. I think it was from uh, Quint wanting to know how you were going to work LSU into the top ten. Oh, stay tuned. Uh, Shane says there were some physical series between Miami and New York and Chicago and Miami. Mm. All right, Mike, top ten. I had a two-tie for ten. Mark Cuban versus David Stern. Spike Lee versus Reggie Miller. I probably should have had that a lot higher. At number nine, the Bulls versus the Pistons. The Jordan rules back in the day. At number eight, I had Isaiah and Magic. At seven, the Celtics versus the Pistons. That was Bird versus the Bad Boys. At number six, uh, Reggie Miller and uh, John Starks, basically the Knicks and, of course, the Pacers back in the day. All these are back in the day. Yeah, my number 10 was Piston Bulls, uh, number 9, Bulls Knicks, uh, 8, Larry Bird, Dr. J, 7, MJ Isaiah, and my number 6 was Wilt versus Russell, which was a punt from me. Yeah, that is not giving that the uh... proper respect. Okay, number 5 for me, uh-huh. Cavs versus Warriors these past couple of All years. Right. I told you I had something recent. Good. All right, explain. So, if the Cavs and Warriors reach the finals again this year, that's the fourth straight year they'll play. And this is the height of the super team. And because it checks all the boxes, the drama aspect, first of all, some really great games uh, between the two. But the drama aspect is Durant going to the Warriors and making the Warriors even better. Also, Draymond getting ejected and not being able to play in the next game when the Warriors were up 3-1. to one. And with, with his absence, LeBron was able to come back in that series and win that series. The Cavs were. So I think it checks all the boxes for me. Is it is it a heated rivalry? No. But in terms of the height of the NBA right now, which it continues to get higher and higher, this is pushing. Listen, I have my, my, my cousin's boyfriend is famous right now. He's YouTube famous because of this robbery, because he is a LeBron lover. I'm dead serious. They've, they've, I'm telling you. All right, you lost me at Cousin's Boyfriend, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just trying to well, – how, how's I'm he saying famous? This, I'm saying this because well, – Infamous. Per, first, he, first he played video games, and you can get famous by that now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, really, though, he's a LeBron James lover, and he, like, he goes to all the NBA games now and is – I'm trying to say the reason why he got popular, what helped him get popular 
is because of his infatuation with LeBron and his hate for the Golden State Warriors, which that is a big thing online. You've got people who are LeBron lovers. You've got people who love the Warriors. Mm. So it might not be heated in terms of on-the-court play, but it is among the fans. Mm. What? Your cousin's... He's listen. He's cousins, like, he just met with Shaq the other day. Uh, like I'm just telling you, uh, he's really? he's a big time. He's got uh, over two million uh, followers. Really? Yeah. All right. At number five, speaking of Shaq, I got uh, the rivalry between Kobe and Shaq. They win three titles together. Then basically, uh, the Lakers choose Kobe over Shaq. He gets sent to Miami. He wins a title for them. They keep Kobe. Shaq comes back, of course, with the rap song after Bryant loses the NBA Finals. Kobe then responds with a couple titles of his own. This is a pretty good ride. But did they ever even play in the postseason? I understand. I, I don't know, Aaron. That's a bit of a stretch hmm. for me. Okay. I, I, that's a stretch, brother. Number four for me is Lakers versus Kings, 2000s. Okay? So, you had... The Sacramento Queens, remember that? Yeah. Shaq said that. Yeah. You had Robert Corey's incredible shot in 2002. You remember, uh, like, Kobe went to the rack and missed. Shaq went for the putback and missed. And then it got bounced back to Robert Corey. He shot the three, made it, and won. And to top it all off, what puts this at number four is the Tim Donahue saga. Mm. The whole statement that suggests that what Kings fans felt for the longest time, that the Kings were screwed out of this series. Mm. And I, I got a statement right here. I'll read it real quick. It's, try to follow along. In his statement, he, he suggests that the, manip- the manipulation was alleged by referees A, F, and G. They were officiating playoff games between Team 5 and Team 6. This is the Kings and the Lakers. In May of 2002, it was a sixth game of a seven-game series, and a Team 5 victory that night would have ended the series. That would be the Kings. However, Tim learned that the other referees wanted to extend the series to seven games. Tim knew the referees were company men, always acting in the interest of the NBA. And that night, it was in the NBA's interest to add another game to the series. Mm. So, personal fouls were ignored even when they occurred in full view of the referees. Conversely, the referees called made-up fouls on the Lakers in order to give additional free-throw opportunities. Uh for the Lakers. Mm. So, that was always a big deal. You know, remember that Tim Donahue story mm, was yeah, huge. Yeah. Kings fans still think they were screwed out of that series, so I have that at number four. I miss just two premier big men, just two elite Hall of Famers just banging down in the post back when there was great big men in the league. Akeem versus uh, Shaq, uh, the dream getting the best of uh, Shaq and the Magic in 95 to win a championship. Then, of course, Shaq after that pretty much dominated Olajuwon, uh, averaging 29 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, and 8 postseason games. At number 4, I got Dream the Dream versus Shaq. At number 3, I have Magic versus Bird. Uh, They faced three times for a championship between 84 and 87, and the Lakers won two of those three meetings. We all know that this rivalry extended back to college days. They are forever linked in basketball lore two of the greatest players of all time, playing for two of the biggest franchises of all time, which was a huge rivalry uh, back then. I don't think it still is today just because the Lakers have been so bad. But, uh, yeah, uh, what, what else do I need to say about this? Uh, at number three, I just grouped it in Isaiah Thomas. Everybody did not like Isaiah Thomas. You put Isaiah versus Bird, Isaiah versus MJ. Those are the kind of rivalries that this game needs. Yeah. 
Uh, number two, I have Heat versus Knicks. Now, this, this checks all the boxes because it was physical. It was a great rivalry. It was uh, four straight years. Actually, the first time, I think, the four straight years, two teams met in the playoffs. Um, and the reason why it was so big is because of Pat Riley, who used to coach the Knicks and then moved over to Miami. Miami alleged that there was some tampering involved. So Heat and Knicks is my number two. Wow, that's pretty hot. It's pretty high. Uh, and where did you have Wilt versus Russell at? Uh, six. Uh, I think you could group it together. Just Lakers, Celtics uh, meeting uh, how many times in the finals? I you believe. cheat on 12, your list. Uh, 33 titles between them. You look at the matchup between Bill and Wilt. Uh, they met 142 times. Bill R- Russell winning 82 of those. Or, of course, his Celtics against Wilt's squad. Uh, Wilt, of course, has the two titles. He has the gaudy stats, the one stat that Russell continues to have, the 11 rings. And at number one, there is no debate about this. It is Magic Johnson versus Larry Bird. Whether it's in the college ranks and then carried on to the NBA and what they met to the association, and then you go back to just that epic commercial for McDonald's and the shootout playing horse in the gym. Yeah, number one for me is Reggie and Spike. I love it. This is my... One of my favorite things in sports, uh, you'll all recall, Game 5, that was when Reggie Miller led the Pacers come back. They were down by 12 points at the start of the fourth quarter, and he absolutely went off and gave the choking gesture to Spike Lee, saying the Knicks choked. Mm. And the newest one will be, hopefully this year, what Anthony Davis and LeBron James. <laughs> Don't count on it. But hopefully, uh, you know, Pelicans can – get past uh, the Warriors. That'd be nice. Uh, we'll have a little bit of a preview coming up for of, uh, the Pels and the Blazers coming up in our parting shots. Up next, we'll talk a little high school baseball. You can continue to weigh in on Top 10 Thursday, though, at 888-993-7762. The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7 is back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Broken windows are no fun. A car that's baking inside from summer sun is even worse. Well, Magic Glass and Tent of West Monroe can handle both those problems. From one-day service on replacing your windshield, to repairing power windows, to professional window tinting for your car, home, or business, Magic Glass does it all. Magic Glass and Tent, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. Give them a call at 330-9988. Even if you're a big-time basketball fan, there might be a few facts about the game you don't know. Like, did you know the first hoops were actually peach baskets? Or that a warm basketball is bouncier than a cold one? Or that players can run as much as four miles during a game? Well, here's another fact that you might not know. It's actually really helpful when you buy a car. True Car also helps you get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. Don't get me wrong. They're great for that. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience. Whether you buy new 
or used. And with True Car, users can see what others paid. So you know if you're getting a good deal before you even buy the car. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with True Car certified dealers. So when you're ready to buy a new or a used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show. We're looking forward to a uh, big week of uh, On the Diamond with a high school softball course, uh, the postseason, and some big games to end up the regular season on the boys' side, including a terrific matchup tonight as Sterlington makes the short trip over to West Washington to square off against a red-hot Chiefs squad. Now join us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. West Washita head coach Mitch Thomas. Mitch, how you doing this morning, bud? Good, Aaron. How are you and Jake doing? Uh, I'm trying to build this game up. This is pretty good for the end of the regular season and not being a district matchup. Uh, West Washita versus Sterlington. Uh, how big of a game is this? <coughs> Aaron, it, it's a it's a big game. It's our last game before the playoffs, and uh, you know Sterlington. I, I've said it all year. They're one of the better teams in the state in any class, and. Uh, they got a lot of guys, most of their team back from a year ago. And, you know, Mark's played a really tough schedule. And um, the thing I, I think that stands out with them is, you know, they're good on at, at every part of the game. You know, they, they're good offensively. They're good on the mound. And defensively, they're, they're really solid. And uh, so this is going to be a good test for us for the playoffs. And, and again, that's what you want before, before you know, because any mistake we make tonight, they're going to capitalize on. So, you know, it, it's going to be, a, you know, hopefully we'll show up and, and keep it competitive because, it, it, you know, like I said, they're awfully talented. Yeah, I, I believe your win streak now is at 14. You can correct me if that's wrong. But uh, tell the people who are listening about this run that you've been on because, you know, not too long ago you were 10 and 9. And, and I wanted to ask you also, when you were 10 and 9, of course, you were playing some brutal competition. Did you see signs from this team that made you believe that, yeah, we've got this kind of run in us? You know, Jake, we um, a year ago uh, we were, you know, two years ago we were a junior senior team, older team, and you know made a run, got to the state championship game. Well, last year, you know, we were predominantly a senior sophomore team with, with some juniors sprinkled in. The juniors, other than Luke Honeycutt, had never been on the field. So, um, I, I, our message every year is the same: it's about getting better every day. And sometimes you start paying attention to to trying to win, and you forget about getting better every day. And Last year, I thought that's what we did, and we were a 500 team. You know, we'd win a couple, lose a couple. Well, this year started out, we were the same way. We'd win a couple games, lose a couple games, and it was good competition. But, you know, we look up, and when we lost to Neville, made us 10-9, we'd lost four out of five. Um, we'd lost, I think it was seven of our nine losses were by one or two runs, and it was simple things we weren't doing. And our guys, I think at that point, realized it was time to, to change your habits, and you know, one of our sayings we have is same habits breed same results. And if you keep doing the same things and, and, and you're losing ball games, well, you know, you you, you got to be smart enough to change. And our guys did, and I give them a lot of credit. From that point on, we, we showed up every day. We had Our practices were good. We were more focused on what we were doing. And, you know, I thought this team could have success this year. But, again, I really thought it was going to be the mindset. And, and after that loss to Neville, I think everybody's uh, pride got stepped on a little bit and they realized we were going the wrong direction. And, um, and again, we, all we did was continue to do what we, we've done every year. Um, you know, the same drills, same practice happening, all that. Our guys just changed and they, I give them credit for it. It was a, their mindset that changed and, 
Um, and again, we've they've come out, and I, I give them a lot of credit because when we've you know when people win, you know it's kind of human nature to you know to enjoy it so much that you you know you end up getting a loss the next day. But these guys have shown up the next day ready to get better. So you know we, we better do that today. If we're living on yesterday, beating Franklin Parish and winning a district today could be a, you know could be a bad day for us. So, but so far you know during this streak they they've they've had a good you know good plan every day, and I, I you know give those guys a lot of credit. And, and we haven't had you on since that uh, rubber match game against Neville, but. You know the series tied one to one. Y'all go ten innings with Neville and pull out that victory. Do you see that as you know the turning point in the season, Jake? I, I do. I thought that was that was a big game for us. Uh, it was a playoff atmosphere. Of course, us at Neville, you know, usually is, but uh, it was a big game. Uh, a lot of momentum was swinging both ways. Both pitchers did a great job. Uh, Peyton Parker was on the mound for us, and Wiley was on the mound for them. And and it was like every pitch was big, uh, like a playoff game, and. We found a way to win that ball game, and I do. I thought that was a that was a turning point for us, and our guys realized that if we did things right, you know, we could have success. But yeah, I would point at that game as being a, a turning point. Speaking of this team maturing, and I know you you look at you know the roster, and it's a lot of juniors and seniors, and we talked about this at the beginning of the year. But guys getting into new roles with this team or seeing more significant playing time. Has it come to that, just where they're feeling more comfortable in the lineup and, of course, their roles on this team? No doubt, Aaron. I think right now they're all comfortable with what they're doing, what their roles are. You know, we addressed what their roles were going to be. And, you know, I think these guys now, they not only they've accepted their role, they, they, they've swallowed their egos and realized now that, you know, there's nothing wrong with bunting, there's nothing wrong with moving a runner over, uh, and it's not about you having to get the hit. It's what can you do to, to help this team. And, these guys have done that, and again, they've matured a lot during the year to do that. And um, different guys have stepped up on the mound. Um, Luke Honeycutt, um, Thomas Wilhite, and Peyton Parker have been, you know, our three main starters. But other guys like Caleb Rutledge and and Caden Meeks and uh, Logan Hagen, they've done a great job out of the pen. And you know, and Connor Jones, who hadn't pitched until this year, you know, he stepped in and had a good year on the mound. So a lot of guys have stepped in and. What we've asked them to do, they've done, and and uh, again, I, it's just a been maturing during the season. Mitch Thomas, West Washtenaw's head coach, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. What a luxury for you! Most high school coaches are happy to have one starting pitcher. You got three guys with nine wins apiece, or maybe even more than that now with their win last night uh, versus what a Franklin Parish. What is that like knowing you got three guys that you can run out there on the mound to start? Well, you know, Aaron, it's it's a good thing to have for these district series, and it's good for the playoffs when you get to the two out of three. But you know, the deal is, oh, I've laughed the last four years. You know, we we faced a team that's had a number one that's mm-hmm. gone to college and played, and you know, you don't. It's not a two out of three series. So when you get to that first round, you're going to face a number one arm. And like I said, for us, the last four years has been a college guy, and we've either you know last year we lost, and the, the previous three years have been one run games. So. Um, it's a luxury I like having when we get to the two out of three series and, and in tournament season, it's good to have. But, you know, again, when you get to that first round, our guys, you know, hopefully understand that, you know, it's one and done then, and we're going to face a really good arm. And whoever takes the mound that day has to take the mound and, and be ready to go from the first pitch. But I, I, I give these, these guys that's taken the mound and started for us, uh, Will Height, Honeycutt, and Parker, they've done a really good job in, of giving us a chance to win the ball games that they've started in. Well, I think Mitch uh, Thomas just needs to throw his weight around with the LHSA and now just push for a best-of-five series in the playoffs, and you'd be fine. Well, we're 
all for it. I'm telling you, <laughs> I would love for first round to be two out of three, but you know, I don't. I really don't see that ever happening because uh, yeah. there's too many teams in the state that you know they they've got that one arm and they feel like that's their chance to knock off a higher seed early. So you know, I don't see us going to it. I wish we would, but I, I don't see it see it happening. But again, I I wish we would. <laughs> All right, who gets the start tonight versus a Stroington lineup that is just, quite frankly, loaded? Uh, Peyton Parker's going to start on the mound tonight. Uh, we've used Thomas. He started against Washington on Monday, and Luke yesterday pitched against uh, Franklin, and Peyton's going to throw tonight, and we'll use some other guys. And again, this is we got to give some guys some work tonight before uh, our playoff game Monday or Tuesday. But, you know, whoever goes out there, they, they better be on point the whole game because uh, – Again, one through nine, Starlington swings it real good. But, yeah, Peyton, Peyton will start tonight. And, Coach, finally, how cool is it? Uh, you guys and, of course, the softball team, uh, every year this is when you guys really make a push, and both of you are highly successful. How cool it is for you guys, and I'm sure for the boys and the girls, to kind of feed off each other's success. It's great, Aaron. And, you know, our fields are right there next to each other. So there's a lot of times where we're, we're seeing them play before we play. And then after their games, they came over, they come over and watch us. And, and it is, you know, we pull for them. We want them to have success. And, you know, I'll, every year, you know, coach Hull and I'll talk and, you know, we'll both struggle early. And then, uh, I laugh at her and said, every year I look up and she's in sulfur. And, uh, and, you know, this year I know she's got a good group and they've got a big one tomorrow night with, uh, Neville out here. So, uh, you know, I, it, we're, we're proud of them. And I know they are the same with us. So, we pull for each other, but, um, yeah, it's it's nice to have. Coach, as always, we appreciate the time. Uh, first pitch, 6 o'clock tonight? Yes, yes. West Washington versus Jordan. Thank you, bud. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you having me. Mitch Thomas out at West Washington. How about uh, Strohington's lineup? We're pretty salty. Uh, yeah. Um, and I actually just did something on them. Uh, three of their seniors are four-year starters. And they've won 100 games yeah. in their career mm-hmm. at Sterlington. Um, yeah, I mean, both schools have had a lot of success, uh, you know, recently. And, and you can, you know, when you when you put these two teams together, you remember earlier this year, it was a game where Sterlington led the entire game. And then West Washita scores, I believe, three runs in, in the, the bottom of the set or the top of the seventh to, to beat Sterlington. It was a big-time win. Uh, I believe Luke Cunnicutt actually had the, the clutch hit in that one. But, uh, yeah, just, just big-time big time, uh, clubs that are going to be scoring off tonight. Man, I mean, that is a gaudy number there with the McDonald, Clowers, and, of course, uh, Rushworth for uh, starting literally four years. And yeah. then the number of wins that they've piled up. And, of course, uh, with the state championship last year in the 2A ranks and now an opportunity is one of the favorites in 3A. Yeah, well, uh, ranked number one in 3A and just uh, – it's kind of crazy that they made this move up to 3A so effortlessly. And if you look at the district championships that they've, you know, gathered in their first year and their move up to 3A, man, it's softball, baseball, football, I think track's in there. That athletic program's got it rocking right now. The only issue was, but this is where Mark Sims kind of combated the, the problem, inside that district, I mean, well, these scores have just been ridiculous. Uh, they are just, uh, but he's mixed in some other schools from Northeast Louisiana and some other premier programs in this part of the state to kind of break up the schedule. So they're just not literally having these three inning games when they're beating people 20 to one. And that's important. Yeah. Tonight they'll score off at West Washington and then tomorrow they'll play West Monroe. 
So that's that's big. You need to schedule these big games. And they also had two games against OCS schedule. One of them was canceled, unfortunately. Did you do the numbers? How much they've outscored their district opponents by? Well, it was eighty-three to one. <laughs> <laughs> they had a listen through three games. They had a no hitter going. <laughs> so that's the district's not known for its baseball. No disrespect. No disrespect. To District two three A and its baseball. District two three A is much stronger in basketball and football. <laughs> much, much, much stronger. Yes. Eighty three to one? It was eighty three to one. I think they just won twenty to two. I think that was a district game, so what, hundred and three to three? Something like that. Yeah. It's not good. Let's take a time out. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. One more opportunity for you to weigh in. Parting shots coming up after the break. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. The newest lawn equipment pro center in the area is your new Cub Cadet Superstore, Yard Power. Yard Power in Monroe is your source for the full line of Cub Cadet mowers. In fact, they're the only dealer in Northeast Louisiana. And Yard Power is loaded with Cub Cadets. Over 100 mowers on the ground ready to roll. All backed by a full service and parts department. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. All right, Jake, before we get to our parting shots, we need to revisit a couple of subjects from uh, earlier in the show, and I think we need to start especially with the game that we were looking forward to listening to, and uh, actually it was online last night. You'd be impressed. I watched some of it on uh, the Cajun's website. What? I am impressed. I got to say this, uh, obviously the shots that I did see and some of the highlights that I received from down there in uh, Lafayette, that stadium is pretty special. And the fact that uh, I reported 4,077. I love how it pains you to give any compliment to the (laughs) Cajuns, which I understand. A midweek game and you're getting reported 4,777. I mean, you got to give them some credit, right? Yeah, you do. And then, of course, that 4,777 get to sit there and watch their team just get destroyed. Yeah. 15-2 to last night against uh, Louisiana Tech. Several big storylines in this. Most of all, of course, the most runs Louisiana Tech has scored this year, the most hits they've collected all year with 17. Uh, Obviously, Lane Burroughs says they were locked in. They had plenty of quality at-bats. That's just not coach talk. 
That is the most runs against uh, ULLL since 1975. Mm. And now the Dogs have won four of their last five against the Cajuns. That's the big picture. Um, a lot of different heroes in this game, including uh, uh, Robinson uh, hits for the cycle. He has four hits, five RBIs. Now the second player from Louisiana Tech that has literally hit for the cycle in literally, what, a week and a half? How often does that happen? Never. <laughs> and Tyler says they weren't there long talking about the fans. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, again, we mentioned how crazy it was <clears throat> for Brittany Fendel at Washita to hit two home yeah. runs in the same inning. To see Louisiana Tech produce two different guys hitting for the cycle in less than two weeks. Well, Brock, their SID was trying to find the, the info or the stat of the last Louisiana Tech player to hit for the cycle, and they were still digging through the record books. Wow. And then literally a week and a half later, another Bulldog does it. Yeah, it's insane. And But really, what sticks out to me is, as well is just David Leal. Yeah. I mean, he continues, continues to just be red hot on the mound. And I'll say this. You know, ULL was bringing a lot to the table in this game. They were hot. They were they, they were winners of eight of their last nine. Five straight. They it seemed to have turned, um, seemed to hit their stride in the middle of the season and uh, going on that win streak. But, listen, David Leal goes out there and he just dominates. He only gave up three hits in seven innings. Mm. And uh, they had the, the shutout going until the ninth. But Leal – it's, it's going to continue to be talked about. So Tyler asked the question. So after next week, does Leal move to the weekend? Yeah, well, there it is. That's what I'm saying. You're just going to continue to pop up because yeah. he's just so good mm -hmm. that you think he deserves that weekend rotation spot. But so he did it. He's done it all year. But last week he does it against LSU. He gets the loss, and he's had some loss. hard nothing loss. He's had some hard luck. And yeah. Lane Burroughs in his uh, interview with David Nitz following the game said. Let's address the elephant in the room. And this is what he talked to the team about before. He said, David has not been getting any runs from you guys. Yeah. And then, of course, last night they respond, and they respond in a big way. Coach Burroughs, of course, uh, earlier this week on the show, was asked about when do you start considering moving Leal to, of course, the weekend. He talked about this is a discussion they've had numerous times throughout the year. Creature of habits, peach pitchers, what do you do? Do you put him on a short rest then? from going from a Tuesday to perhaps a Sunday, or do you just save him throughout the weekend, then you're talking about another 10 days before yeah. he hits the mound. So a lot of different debate, but, I mean, the guy just continues to go out there, and he continues to put up just some gaudy numbers. And I'm sure there's some Cajun fans sitting down there or looking through the box scores, and they're like, man, this Louisiana Tech, man, they're once again putting the weekend, <laughs> their weekend starter on the on a midweek game. Yeah. No. It's it's tough because sooner or later you're going to have to break that habit anyway when you get into tournament play. But then again, you need to work on your RPI, and another win against ULL would be big. So do you keep him on for another couple weeks and then move him? I don't know. It's it's a tough – it's a good predicament, the fact that he's been this good, but it is it's something tough uh, to sit there and navigate through. And as Coach Bros has told us countless times, these games in the midweek are so important are. right now. They are. When you look at their RPI, I haven't looked at it this morning. You go into yesterday's game, they were at 72. Yeah. And, you know, you look at projections, and most have them sitting at home mm -hmm. in the postseason where they're not, the resume is not good enough right now for an at-large bid. Yeah, but you got to continue to win these conference series, too. And I know they just lost their first one, but, you know, you gotta you got to continue to get good pitching out of your 
your weekend starters as well. So it's it's tough, man. We can all sit here and play armchair quarterback, but ultimately that's a tough decision. And it's a good problem to have right now. Again, it's a, and we're literally talking about a staff that I think they still their ERA was around. Uh, they their, moved up to number two. Yeah, last they, night. Yeah. So there you go. And I think the two runs that they gave up last night were unearned. Yeah. Yeah, they moved up to second in the nation with uh, that performance last night. And by the way, speaking of Leal, in his last two outings before last night, he had only gotten two runs of offense from his team. So two runs in the last two outings, but they came through last night with 15 for him. There were plenty of runs last night in LSU versus Tulane. An exciting game if you like a high-scoring affair and you like drama going down to the wire. Uh, LSU scores three in the ninth. Looks like they're going to coast to another big victory, a come-from-behind win. And then the staff fails them in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, sure did. And a, a bold move by Maneri to load the bases with the game tied. Uh, runner was on third, so he puts uh, two two aboard, walks them, and then Matthew Beck uh, throws four straight balls. That's going to be in. tough for Beck to come for, back from. It will be, yeah. Four straight balls. Yeah. Got a little cute. Got a little cute with their strategy. Um, didn't work out. But if you're playing the odds, uh, the pinch hitter that Tulane throws up there, I think, was hitting 179 for the year. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. I really don't. I just I – Maneri mean, took the blame after the loss saying that he put too much pressure on his pitcher. But I, I still think the strategy was, was a good strategy. It just didn't work. Mm. Uh, those are a couple of headlines, local headlines from last night. It's all part of our parting shots. That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because it's garbage. It's time for Parting Shots, sponsored by no one. Sort of, if you want to know the truth about it, pisses me off. We're not afraid to ask the hard-hitting questions. Go on. Come on, ask it. Ask it. Or you're not capable. Okay, coach. How flexible is Nick White? Is your head in the sand? Can Are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? My suspicion would be no. I can, you can't. Easy, coach. At least he doesn't disappear in Mexico for long periods of time. I think you must have been either um, head in the clouds, away on a holiday. Some thought-provoking parting shots. Well, you must be very stupid. I'm sorry. Congratulations. Uh, um, congratulations. I lost. You lost? Yes. Oh, okay. I like that one because... Well, it's a bad visual of Nick White on the beach uh, stretching and trying to put his uh, head in the sand. Yeah, poor Nick, first of all. Secondly, I thought that part shot was never going to end. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's a little much. Man. Yeah, there's some good clips in there, man. Yeah, well. Whenever a soccer coach, is, uh, a soccer coach is then challenging a reporter. Yeah. Soccer coach ever challenged you? not the hockey guy. Oh, probably because you haven't covered a soccer <laughs> game. <laughs> That's false. Fake news. Uh, softball coach ever challenged you? Softball? Yeah. No. Nobody's ever challenged uh, We get me. challenged all the time by Tim Whitman. By the way, he is now booked. This was a must oh. get for tomorrow. Man, our booking guy really did a great job. Great job, booking guy. Yeah. 7.30. We got the softball lowdown Ooh. tomorrow. Yeah. What we've all been waiting for. Hey, I my parting shot is about this Michigan situation, which somehow I did not see until today. Mm. So I'm late on this, but I'm still going to talk about it. Somebody coming hard at Harbaugh? Oh, my God. Coming hard. That's putting it lightly. Yeah. Um, so what happened here was Jim Harbaugh suspended his linebacker, and I don't even think he's active anymore. 
suspended his linebacker for uh, missing practice, but the linebacker apparently missed because um, he had a family situation. Anyway, the linebacker takes to Twitter, and I can't read you all of these. Yes, please don't. <laughs> but I can read you some of them. Now, he comes out and says um, – this is what you millennials do. You go to social media, you go to Twitter to take out your frustrations. Why doesn't he just contact Harbaugh directly? He should have. But he says, within hours of my family crisis, blank you, good night, it's on tomorrow. Uh -huh. And then he says, and was suspended for going to take care of my family. Mm. You expletive clown. And then he, <laughs> and then he tags at Coach Jim for – on yeah. UM on Twitter. So he tags Jim yeah. Harbaugh on Twitter. So he's seeing this. And then he says, Michigan is open carry. Let's not forget. Ooh. Not your friend. That is, yeah. yeah, that's crossing the line. And then he says, uh, they sent someone to my crib before. I was nice enough to call the cops. Next time I'm calling the morgue. I'm talking facts. Wow. So Michigan, Michigan police back. got Part involved. Language, yes. Michigan. <laughs> Michigan Peace got involved, uh, and he he said more stuff. He, he even said, let's not have a murder case on your hands. Mm. Like, this is just so dumb. Mm. He probably didn't mean any of this. I think he deleted his, his tweet since then. But uh, he was playing a tough guy on Twitter, and he's not, he's not listed on the active roster, so I'm assuming he got cut. But uh, what a crazy lunatic mm. this guy is. Mm. Beat Ohio State, too. <laughs> he, he failed to mention that, yeah. but I'm sure he feels that in his heart. All right, uh, number one, a uh, couple storylines that we should be looking forward tonight for the Pels and the Blazers. If Drew Holiday can keep it up, if yeah. Rondo can keep it up, listen, they've outplayed – I gave you the stats yesterday. They've outplayed the Portland Trail Blazers this series. Curious to see if they can continue to do so. Because if they can, eh, I might start buying a little bit of them, you know, winning one or two games against the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. And I know we shouldn't be talking about the Warriors. They need to take care of the Blazers first, but that's just kind of where my head's at right now. They played so well. Uh, I've been so impressed with them. And I want to see a full house. I want to see a crazy playoff atmosphere in the Smoothie King Center. I think you'll get that. I think so, too, but I want to see it. Uh, we mentioned, of course, uh, West Washita scoring off against Schilling tonight. Also, another big goal, big Big ball game with West Monroe. We failed to mention uh, the Rebels won district last night. Game yes. two of that series coming up tonight. Defeated Natchitoches Central last night, and uh, yes, game two tonight at West Monroe High School. All right, coming up tomorrow, uh, we're going to continue to break down and discuss uh, the big event out at ULM with uh, Doug Peterson coming back. Also at 7.30, as I mentioned, Tim Whitman will join us and really fired up at 8 o'clock. Jonathan Barnes. Uh, former kicker at uh, Louisiana Tech, will join us at 8 o'clock as we discuss his future and what it's going to take for him to get into a camp and, of course, land a spot in the NFL. Yeah, rooting for him, for sure. Everybody have a fantastic day. The Edge is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com. Or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.